Welcome to Liquid Sunshine and it's a super duper special show tonight. Uh, it's a, com, uh, a a working together with another program of 2XX, Fuzzy Logic. So my co-presenter is Broderick tonight. Hello Broderick. Hi Matt. So Broderick, tell me for uh, the Liquid Sunshine listeners who don't know what uh, Fuzzy Logic is, what is Fuzzy Logic? Fuzzy Logic is the 2XX science show. And so we talk science every Sunday, bringing in local scientists and yep. those from around Australia to yep. share what's going on in the science world and trying to bring people up to date. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. But and, and for our Fuzzy Logic listeners who are going to be tuning into this, what's uh, Liquid Sunshine? Well, Liquid Sunshine is uh, is the weekly show on 2XXFM with the best deep funk, rare groove, disco and beats. And... Um, I hear you ask, uh, why do we do science and deep funk together? Well, we've got a super special uh, guest uh, this afternoon, this evening, this morning, whenever you're listening, um, uh, Thomas Overly from uh, Washington, D.C. Hello, Thomas. Uh, hi, Martin. Now, Thomas, you and I have been emailing for a little bit because you contacted me. You really like the Liquid Sunshine show. And a little while ago, you said... Um, can I come and visit? And I say, well, you're in the US, it's a long way out. <laughs> to which you said, I'm, well, in the neighborhood. Why are you in the neighborhood? Why were you in the neighborhood? Uh, so I'm a scientist by trade, and I was in Antarctica yeah. conducting research. And so I happened to be nearby, yeah. a relative to the US. Yeah. And of course, we'd been in communication before because I'm also a DJ. Yes. And I had contacted you mostly because I love your music and I love what you're doing with community building. Yeah. And uh, the conversation went from there, I guess. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, but you went to, uh, as a scientist, to Antarctica with a particular reason. And that's uh, you're doing research with regard to climate change. I'd yes, like. that's correct. So I'm a glaciologist, I study the ice sheets. Yeah. And I use uh, I study the ice sheets using radar. Yeah. And so we were in Antarctica, uh, taking in this particular case uh, GPS measurements of the surface. Yeah. In order to validate radar that's on satellites. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically a, a long traverse across the ice sheet uh, to measure. Uh, what is happening with the ice sheet? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's why I really like uh, you coming onto the show. Not just you know because we really enjoy the same kind of music, but also to talk about climate change. Because listeners to Liquid Sunshine may know that um, uh, it's something close to my heart, uh, and certainly with the summer that we have had in in Australia. Uh, Australia really is on the precipice of, of you know, it, it's on the forefront of climate change. And that's why we've got Broderick on the show uh, to talk about the science part of it. And Broderick, I believe normally uh, a fuzzy logic is, is 
quite a lot of talking and, and not that much music. Is that right? Th that's right. We tend to discuss the science and have a little bit of music to yeah. break it up. So I'm uh, quite excited to be here with a bit more music today, gro <laughs> grooving a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and for the Liquid Sunshine listeners, uh, it will be a little bit more talking, uh, a little bit less music. Um, but let's go to a track first. And all the music on the show uh, today has been chosen by Thomas. And there's a little bit of a theme to it as well. Isn't that right, Thomas? Uh, yeah, so I've tried to select some tracks that uh, emphasize change as uh, climate change is all about change. Uh, it's been called global warming, but it really could be called global global weirding. Yeah. And uh, things are going to change. And so some of the tracks are about change. Yeah. And then the, hopefully we'll have a trajectory of, of how uh, we as individuals can yeah. react to this change and get involved. <laughs> Excellent. Now, the first track uh, that we're going to play is Kathleen Emery. You've got to change your evil ways. Change your evil ways, baby. Before I stop loving you, you've got to change, baby. And every word that I say is true. You've got me jumping and running all over town. You got me sneaking. And peeping and tracking you down This can't go on Lord knows you've got to change Baby When you come home Baby The house is dark and the pots are cold John and a who knows who I'm getting tired of waiting and fooling around Gonna find somebody that won't make me feel like a clown This can't go on Lord knows you've got to change Come home, baby. The house is dark and the pots are cold. You're hanging out, baby. With Jean and Joan and a who knows who. Well, I'm getting tired of waiting and fooling around. I'll find somebody that won't make me a clown this can't go on lord knows you've got to change
welcome back. You're here with a special episode joining Fuzzy Logic and Liquid Sunshine together. Broderick and Martin in the studio with our guest Thomas Overley, who before the break was telling us that he's just joined us because he was in the neighbourhood, relatively speaking, uh, normally based in the US, but Tom's been down in Antarctica. Uh, what, what sort of work have you been doing down there? Uh, so we were making measurements of the surface of the ice sheet uh, using very accurate GPS, survey grade GPS. And so that was the primary uh, mission. And then I was also digging some snow pits to measure the near surface density of the ice sheet. Right. And all this is related to uh, climate change, the work that you're doing. Uh, So what sort of stuff are you actually looking at when you're taking those measurements? Well, so for the measurements of the surface uh, with the GPS, those are there to validate a satellite. So NASA has launched a satellite called ISAT-2. They launched it uh, a year ago. And that's making measurements of the surface. It's using lasers uh, to measure the surface. And, but we also need to know what's happening on the ground. And so we have uh, these uh, high-accuracy high GPS in place to uh, compare what we're seeing with the surface to what the uh, satellite is seeing. Right, making it all work together mm-hmm. nicely there. And why is it happening down in Antarctica? Like, it's a, an awfully long way to go to do some science. <laughs> it is a long way to go, but it is uh, the world's largest ice sheet. So it's an enormous volume of fresh water, and it's changing very rapidly, as everyone or hopefully is aware. And so we need to understand this change over time, and part of that is making measurements. And so that's what the satellite is there for, and our work on the ground was just to validate the satellite, to know that we can trust what the satellite is seeing. Yeah, and in terms of the change that we're seeing, you talked about, uh, you know, there's global warming at the moment, global weirding, weird things happening around the Earth. What sort of things are happening down there in Antarctica that we're monitoring? Uh, well, so my work was mostly in the interior of the ice sheet, an area where it, it at the moment doesn't melt. It remains uh, frozen all year round. But on the peninsula, uh, the Antarctic Peninsula, the part of the Antarctica that juts uh, towards South America, there's uh, rapid changes going on there. Uh, lots of uh, unexpected melting, uh, glaciers becoming more active, uh, flowing to the coast. There's a huge project uh, called Thwaites, or uh, related to Th- Thwaites Glacier, one of the large glaciers on the uh, Antarctic Peninsula. And so that's uh, one component. There's also a lot of biological work with uh, species, seals, whales. Um, there's soil work on the soil there because uh, per- permafrost, there's a lot of permafrost there, or more in the Arctic, there's a lot of permafrost. But anyway, there's there's a plenty of, of work happening there, and so mine uh, focuses mostly on the ice sheet and how it's changing. And and, and if I if I may uh, dive in as well, um, you're working for a particular organization, particular U.S. organization. But here in the studio, I believe this is this is all your own views. That's that's very correct. Thank yeah. you, Martin, for pointing that out. So this anything I express here is my own personal opinion, not those of the institution that employs me. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, please continue. So let, well, let's dive back into your work then, um, Tom, and, and look at uh, some of these measurements that you're taking. Why, why are you drilling down into the ice? You can see things happening over time in that. Uh, yes, yeah, so you're referencing uh, ice core drilling, which is another thing I've been involved with. I wasn't on this particular trip, but uh, so in general, the ice sheets are areas where snow doesn't melt. And so year after year, layers of snow are piling up on top of each other. And that uh, then gets compressed and becomes ice and is this record of past climate or it can be a record of all sorts of things but in particular past climate and so with ice cores you can drill down and see those layers it's much like looking at a a cross section of a tree when you cut a tree down and look at the annual layers of of, uh, tree rings and so with the ice sheet the same thing is happening 
and we, we drill ice cores to look at those layers over time and how things have changed. But then we can also use radar, and that's that's more where my specialty is, is using radar to look at uh, these these layers within the ice sheet because you can use the radar much like an x-ray. You can see down through, you can tune the radars in a way that where you can see uh, different resolutions of what's happening uh, within the ice. And so that's really looking back in time. When you're going down uh, through the ice, that's looking back into time. And how far back are we looking? Uh, well, so for Antarctica, the cores, the oldest cores that have been drilled and validated are 800,000 years old. And then for Greenland, an area I'm much more familiar with uh, where I've conducted research, the core there is around 100,000 years old. Yeah. Or there's multiple cores, but the time is around 100,000 years of preserved ice. Wow, that's, that's really quite amazing. <laughs> and and if, you look back, uh, if you look back in time, does that give you an opportunity to look forward in time as well? Well, that's the idea that modelers, um, climate modelers, uh, take this information from cores and put them in, incorporate them into their models. Yeah. And so then to make projections of what could happen in the future. So, yeah, yeah there's a, a very close relationship yeah, between yeah. the two. And, and uh, you know, very briefly, uh, what's, what is the modeling ahead in, in time? What's, what's the modeling for the future then? Uh, as far as the, what the projections are? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm definitely not a modeler, and so yeah. there, there's going to be a lot of caveats here. Yeah. Uh, but in general, I mean, we, we've entered into uncharted territory as far as uh, greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Yeah. So in, um, over normal uh, Earth climate cycles, the parts per million of concentration of uh, CO2, which is a greenhouse gas, yeah. uh, ranges from a 180 to about 290, yeah. and we're at 400 now. So right. we're way, way beyond anything that um, the, the Earth has experienced on a timescale that's relevant to humans yeah, yeah, or to yeah. life. And, and, and why is that important? Why are those greenhouse gases important? Uh, well, so the greenhouse gases are, are trapping yeah. uh, radiation or heat from the Earth. Right. So, and that's uh, causing a greenhouse effect if you grow vegetables or have a garden and yep. you put up a greenhouse to extend your season to be able to grow garden or grow vegetables, yeah. start them in the winter when it's cold, uh, that greenhouse is trapping heat and creating a warmer environment. And so the, the greenhouse gases are, are doing the same thing. They're acting as a, a trap for yeah. heat. Yeah. Um, now, sorry, Broderick. Yeah, just, just on... Uh, um, uh, we, we've been talking for a little while, and, That's right. and mm -hmm. I think uh, it may be worth coming to a little bit of music as well. Um, uh, and I could make a joke about you know that you've been warming it up in uh, in Antarctica as well, because uh, you are one of the uh, DJs that uh, has done a DJ tour of Antarctica, isn't that right? Oh yeah. So yeah. <laughs> while I was down in Ar in Antarctica, there's uh, several stations down there. It's an uh, international place, lots of different bases, but yeah. the, I was at two different. Uh, bases and I was able to uh, DJ a couple gigs at McMurdo Station and also at South Pole Station. Yeah, that, which is pretty <laughs> awesomely yeah. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, now let's let's go to uh, to the next track. I thought uh, Marvin Gaye, Mercy Mercy. Uh, tell me about uh, why did you choose that track? Uh, well, so this is a familiar track. It's not anything new or creative, but it uh, j just speaks to the environmental movement. So yeah. uh, asking about like what's going on and yeah. uh, noticing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it is from the album "What's Going On," of mm -hmm. course, which really, uh, uh, on which Marvin Gaye really addressed uh, mm -hmm. uh, at that stage current topics, uh, <laughs> current social uh, and cultural topics, but also indeed what was going on with the world in general. So let's let's go to Mercy Mercy. Thank you. 
re-edit of Martin Gaye's Mercy Me there. Really, really enjoyed that vibe there. Um, 
think it's a re-edit used by a DJ called Estefe. Estefe, is that correct, Tom? Well, I don't know the pronunciation, but yeah, Estefe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I found it at least. A gorgeous, gorgeous uh, re-edit there. A really good vibe. I, I'm liking this. It's mm-hmm. it's good Sunday afternoon music for that matter. Yeah. Now, um, we got you and I are going to talk a little bit about uh, you know what we can do personal action in that respect. That was what Marvin Gaye was all about in his uh, "What's Going On" album too. Uh, not only it's not only about uh, uh, looking at what's happening, but what can we do about it. Um, but before we get to that, uh, I really like to, uh, or for you and Broderick to explore the science a little bit further. So, uh, Broderick, um, you were just. Uh, uh, having some more questions for Thomas. Is that right? That's right. Before we were talking about, you know, the changes that have been happening and the fact we've reached that uh, 400 parts per million, uh, uh, well, not target, (laughs) that's the wrong (laughs) word. That's the the opposite of what we're that limit. And and I guess you're still going down there and monitoring. So we know we're in trouble. Why are we still monitoring? Why are we still looking down at what's going on? Uh, Well, so, yeah, it's been well understood that climate is changing and humans have contributed to this change and but yet we've continued to monitor and so uh, back in the um, late 80s middle 80s uh, Jim Hansen a, a climate scientist at NASA he spoke out about this and uh, had we stopped then in 1989 then we wouldn't know anything about now and one of the reasons we continue to monitor is because it's changing so rapidly and unexpectedly so you, you don't have to go that far back in time to see projections of uh, some reasonable range that we could have ended up in. And we have now uh, exceeded or surpassed those uh, projections, the high ends. And so there's there's an impetus to keep measuring, to keep monitoring, to know, because it's been so uh, volatile, I guess you could say. It's, it's uh, the we're warming faster than we expected. Yeah, we're not just we're not meeting the models that we expect to see. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I heard that recently in our bushfires here in Canberra that they were modelling what was supposed to be happening, and the bushfires were just completely different to what we'd seen before. They these models were just being exceeded again and again, and that's what we're seeing as the uh, the global becomes weird. Right. Yeah. Yes. And in yeah. in many different areas too, you can look at ocean acidification. So the oceans are, are taking in a lot of heat and also becoming more acidic. There's uh, with crops and agriculture and drought and changing weather patterns there. There's a lot of different realms you can look at. And in almost all of them, there is uh, it's been more extreme than we expect. So is that has that got to do with uh, certain tipping points that may may have been reached uh, and reached earlier than expected? Well, we're fast drifting outside my area of expertise. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, often within these uh, climate systems, there's a lot of feedbacks. And so maybe you're referencing like some positive feedbacks. So so when things start to warm and that melts ice, uh, then you have less ice reflecting sunlight. So uh, snow and ice are very uh, have a high albedo. That means they reflect a lot of light. Yeah. And when you remove that snow then you, and you expose darker ground, that darker ground can absorb more solar radiation mm. and therefore become hotter. And so there's a that's a classic example of a positive feedback. But though it's very negative uh, consequences for humans, it's a positive feedback just meaning that, that the heating is causing melting and then the melting is leading to more heating and, yeah. and the cycle repeats itself. Yeah, yeah. Keeps and, and that's what you see in your work? Uh, well, my work specifically, I focus on the ice sheet and the interior where there yeah. shouldn't be a lot of melting. Yeah. But along the coast, other glaciologists that are uh, measuring the retreat of ice uh, def- definitely see that. And, yeah. and in general... Uh, the ice sheet is darkening, so there's more dust. You have a lot, a lot of uh, wind and snow and 
blowing dust and debris that can darken the ice sheet and change the al albedo, like what, yeah. how well it, the ice sheet reflects. Yeah. And so that's definitely being seen. There's recently been uh, like algae uh, growing in the ice that's darker, that yeah. is absorbing more heat and radiation and leading to more melt. So, uh, Broderick, uh, do you know whether this has got to do with tipping points? Uh, and so what we've seen in Australia in the last summer, um, is, is that what we can expect uh, to happen more often? Well, we, we just don't know at yeah. this point in time. It really is a, a different environment that we're operating in. And, yeah, yeah we're, we're exceeding all our, our targets and the models just aren't working anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where this sort of monitoring needs to continue so we can continue to see what's going on so we can try and understand and, and we need to make changes we need to start to roll things back yeah. uh, but we won't know what effect we're having unless we keep uh, you know keeping an eye on our ice sheets and, and monitoring what's happening yeah, down yeah, there yeah, yeah. and maybe for our international listeners as well who may not entirely be aware of what has happened in australia over the last summer which is over the last two or three months um uh, Australia has been in quite a se severe drought for uh, a good two years or so, uh, and with severe drought we're talking about no rain at all, um, uh, pretty much over the whole country. This has of course led to significant drying of the forests, and those forests have started burning, uh, and burning really, really quite significantly. Um, uh, for, uh, for significantly and for months. That's right. Yeah, um, it's, it's more intense. Uh, yeah, um, uh, and over greater areas. Mm, that's yeah. right. It's been much bigger than we've seen before. And again, this positive feedback loop that you're talking about, Thomas, we saw that here where often we'd be doing back burning in these forests across Australia in the times where it's cooler yeah. uh, and more manageable. But those times have been getting shorter and shorter as our summers have been getting hotter and hotter. And yeah. so it's becoming harder to manage that bushfire risk, which then sees bigger bushfires throughout our summer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, again, for our international listeners, um, uh, over this summer, uh, more than 12 million hectares have burnt in Australia. That's burnt to a crisp. Um, uh, I know uh, from being from the Netherlands myself, uh, the Netherlands is the size of uh, 4 million hectares. So it's it's three times the Netherlands that has burnt. It's, it's, it's appalling, yeah. Uh, it, it's awful. Um, now, let's go to some music again. Um, what shall we play next, uh, Thomas? Get uh, involved. Is that uh, where we should move on to, I think? Well, I'd, I actually, I think I would want to go with Living in the City. Yeah. The, um, it's a track that I happened upon. I think Andrew Allsgood put it out. Yeah. And, um, but it, it doesn't necessarily have a climate message, but it, it talks about uh, wanting space yeah. uh, to, to grow and thrive. Yeah. And the kind of the oppression of, this, of the, like, these concrete places we've created. Yeah. And so cities need to green. And so we can... Uh, ride that into this song perhaps thinking about that <laughs> <laughs> let's do it living in the city
couple of wonderful tracks there selected by uh, Thomas. First one was uh, Metropolis from uh, Walter Hawkins. And um, the other one was Get Involved by George Soule. Or nice, uh, uh, nice re-edits of them anyway. And I would like to talk a little bit about, about getting involved. Um, because we've looked at, at, at climate change and, and um, well, that it is happening. Uh, that we may even have reached tipping points. And uh, Australia has been uh, uh, hit hard. Uh, over the last few months. Um, personally, I've been, um, you know, affected by it in, in several ways. Um, uh, just to say that, that you know, uh, we had to literally run away from fires, which is scary. Um, so, with Liquid Sunshine, um, I, of course, uh, try to look at what we can do. What can we do? Um, and one of the things that we can do is, is building communities. And that's exactly why uh, Thomas reached out to me as well. Uh, this, this, these kind of com communities um, work on, on many different levels. Uh, levels in your streets, but also internationally, uh, but also uh, by various uh, interests like science or music. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes these things go together. Yeah, that's right. So I originally contacted you, Martin, just because of music, because it feels like you're playing and choosing just amazing tracks that uh, really resonate with people. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to do that also in Washington, D.C., where I'm based, where I DJ. Yeah. I bring people together. I'm mm -hmm. a part of a great community there. Uh, just a shout out to Franco Jazz Studios in Mount Pleasant, Washington, D.C., Franco Agbro. He's doing a, a, the same thing there. He's trying to bring people together, have block parties, have people come out, meet their neighbor, know each other, yeah. so that when uh, things get extreme, when climate happens, uh, when climate change happens and comes to your doorstep, and like the fires with you yeah. specifically, that you, you can turn and see your neighbor and be accountable to each other, yeah. look out for each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we were talking uh, the other day uh, about the history of Washington, D.C. in that respect. And Washington, D.C. has got a, a long history of communities bending together. Is, is that correct? Well, also outside my area a little bit, but just uh, from my own personal experience of yeah. where maybe where I can speak for the last two years, having moved there as an outsider, it's been incredibly welcoming. There's a vibrant music scene, go-go yeah. uh, music. You've, you've played Chuck Brown on your show yeah, before, yeah, yeah. and there's, yeah, there's a, a whole of go -go. A huge iceberg of go-go music out there. Yeah. And uh, just uh, talented mu just musicians in general that are uh, speaking through their instruments and through their artistic expression, uh, just singing the songs of their lives. Yeah. And it, it's yeah a big part of uh, my existence in DC. Yes, yes, good. Um, well, is there a, a, in the science community, uh, how, do, how does the science community band together? Is, is there any particular areas where, you know, apart from, for instance, conferences and the like, but are there interests group within the science community? There's certainly a range of ways to, that scientists come together. The March for Science has been a pretty regular occurrence in uh, in March. I think it actually takes place yeah. each yeah. year, um, where scientists come together and and get on the march. And it's mainly about climate uh, change at the moment. That we need action. We need things happening. Yeah. Um, I've I've been to a couple of marches in Canberra from uh, Parliament House uh, through there, and it's. It's really an opportunity, I think, for um, scientists to get out there. And one of the things I really like about those events is they have scientists sit down on the grass after the march and, and be open there for questions. 
uh, so people can come along and talk to them and and connect with that scientist and make that connection. And I think that's a really important thing uh, to happen, uh, to actually connect uh, what's going on in the research out there with real people that are doing these things um, yeah. to, to create that understanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on making communities um, uh, on all different levels. Uh, as an example, indeed, when um, uh, Canberra came under threat a few weeks ago, um, I simply knocked on all the doors in the neighborhood just to make certain that if everyone was there, was safe, that we eyeballed each other and say, how are you going? You know, should something happen, um, uh, we can rely on each other. But there are different things as well. One of the things I am doing at the moment is um, o organizing a, a big festival, a big community festival, like a block party, I suppose. Um, uh, uh, which is going to take place at the end of uh, March and, and open to everyone where uh, people can band um, uh, around music and it's not, not necessarily about uh, partying it's about coming together, connecting together yeah. um, now um, let's play some more music what shall we play next Thomas? Uh, how about we've only just begun I reckon that's a good one <laughs> let me just Look for it first. Well, I think it's also very appropriate that you played. You've been playing Fela Kute as a back, backing track, as he was uh, using music to protest the Nigerian government and hey. injustice there. Yeah, and so yeah. this is, a, I think, a really fitting. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Now, Fela, uh, he knew everything uh, about building communities and protesting, indeed. Um, uh, and. At some stage, I will do a, a program about Fela Kuti as well. Uh, uh, and that may even require more than one program. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go on to We've Only Just Begun.
Lee McDonald there with only and we finally just begun. It's a Patchworks remix. Absolutely love this track. Comes from an album um, called Extended Remixes by Patchworks. Um, I'll be interviewing Patchworks uh, very soon oh, too. Wow. Yeah, he's he's awesome. He uh, brings out awesome music. He's got a great label uh, as well. Uh, favorite recordings? I can't uh, escape me at the moment. Um, uh, but yes, you can hear all about it very soon. Uh, why did you choose this uh, this song? Uh, well, there's a point in the song where it talks about there's many different roads that we can take. Yeah. And the whole song's more about a relationship, but in this case, I chose it because of the many different paths we can take as far as emission scenarios yeah. with climate change. So we have a choice about how much we're going to emit as a, as a globe, as a global society. Yeah. And uh, we really need to uh, make choices that uh, are thinking about the future with the future in mind. Yeah. And therefore cutting emissions as dra drastically and as rapidly as possible. Yeah. And so there's many roads we can take. And then the more on the positive side towards the end of the song, it says oh, we can make it through all kinds of weather. <laughs> and uh, again, referring to a relationship, but in this case, also relevant for us, and uh, because we're going to have to make it through all kinds of weather. That's right. Yeah. And so that that's the basis <laughs> for the track. Yeah, good. And it's indeed so apt. Um, uh, now, uh, from your point of view, what what different uh, scenarios could could we do? Again, personally, uh, we've spoken a lot about building communities uh, you and i have spoken about um, um you know growing food and grow, mm -hmm. growing stuff what what are your opinions about it uh well so uh, personally i think there's a lot of things and i'll get to those in a second but one yeah. i mean also my own views is that there's a systemic problems that we need to address we need to hold politicians accountable we need to hold fossil yeah. fuel companies accountable yeah we need to hold finance accountable yeah and so there's uh plenty of, of um industries that need to have a reckoning and change their behavior yeah and so when whenever i make uh statements about what we can do individually it's also with the caveat that there's broader systemic things we definitely need to address that's right yeah and so that aside uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I i like the uh because that's also what you can do individually and that's holding bigger uh, the the system accountable and, and protest about it absolutely Again, showing that's, up, that's what you can do individually too yeah showing up with your feet being in place you know that's knowing correct. your neighbors and bringing your neighbors and going to a protest or going to extinction rebellion that's yeah. been a, a much more active group lately yeah and so those are showing up that's one thing uh gardening like i'm a, I'm a gardener i've had a, a garden for a while i try to yeah. grow as much food as i can for yeah. myself uh, i also am a beekeeper yeah. and so oh, wow. uh, bees are providing an amazing service of pollination they're pollinating yeah. most of our fruits and vegetables yeah and so that's a that's a bit more complicated one or i mean it's easy once you get involved but it's a it's a there might be a bigger threshold to entry mm. but so beekeeping gardening a biking, you know, just mm. bike more, drive less, yeah. uh, consume less. You know, yeah. we, the the nature of our mentality is uh, pursuing identity through the accumulation of things. Yeah, and we really need to have to move beyond that. We yeah. have to, and that's where music comes in. That's where we can come together and play music to together, dance together, have these other pursuits that don't involve buying new plastic uh, junk. Yeah, I, I so agree with you indeed. And that, that's a systemic issue, the mm -hmm. con consumerism issue. Yep. Uh, and we have to slowly transition. Well, no, actually, we have rapidly. to really rapidly tra transition to to a um, uh, uh, to less consumerism. And, and that can be uh, very easily done uh, by focusing on less 
less focusing on uh, obtaining goods and more on uh, on experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, music is great for that. Festivals are great for that. Uh, uh, bands, DJs, all kind of things. There's a little bit of a discussion going on under um, uh, DJs where they are becoming aware of their carbon footprint um, uh, traveling around, uh, particularly, um, you know, European-based DJs. Um, they do a lot of travel, uh, most of it by plane. Um, I, uh, I person, My personal opinion is is that that is probably offset by the fact that that reduces, um, you know, if, if people have $100 to spend and they spend it on um, uh, on buying buying something um, uh, rather than buying a good if they buy this experience from a DJ that may offset the uh, the uh, um, uh, carbon footprint of goods in that respect so uh, I think experiences are going to be the way forward well absolutely I mean music it can be a stress relief right like coming together yeah and can help us out and dancing and and putting yeah. our worries aside yeah can be a, a way to be resilient yes. towards what we're facing as far as climate. So, yeah, absolutely experiences. Yeah, great, yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of psychology behind it all, you know, to bring in that change. We need the the, the stress release, the experience, but the, the music also brings us together and helps us get that messaging around it. Mm. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the really important things. There's a lot of scientists out there doing amazing work, amazing research, but it's how we share that with people um, and get them to take action on it is, mm. is the real key to it all. That's that's correct. Uh, we, Broderick, I think you, uh, Fuzzy Logic, had somebody on from ANU not too long ago that was speaking about the cognitive um, uh, psychology around climate change and, and coping with it and how to deal with it and how to uh, conceive of these time periods that are far into the future. And anyway, so that's just a shout out to Fuzzy Logic. Yeah. Maybe check out that episode. I think it was three or four back. Yeah, that's right, Rod. We've been doing a lot on climate change lately and just, just what it means. And um, for myself, I found it um, really hard during the, the period in Canberra here where we had a lot of smoke and a lot of things going on. And it, I was struggling to cope. And one of the things I did was brought in a bushfire scientist and a health scientist mm -hmm. in to talk about what's going on and get, get a better understanding um, because it is hard to comprehend these, these new situations that we're in. Yeah, um, yeah. So trying to get that understanding to help cope is, is is a really important thing too. That's correct, and, and we uh, are in a fantastic position in in being able to broadcast this message on, on radio and, and on the internet, of course. Uh, but also, again, through music, this is possible to communicate this. You know, again, bring people together and talk about these matters. Um, now we're rapidly uh, getting to the end of uh, this super special Fussy Sunshine uh, program. <laughs> nice. um, Maybe we can squeeze in one more track. Um, uh, Maybe Pastor L. Burnett, just a shout out to your Aretha Franklin episode. Uh, I reckon pa Just Like a Ship would be a fantastic uh, track to finish up the show with. Um, so let's go to Pastor L. Burnett.
that was uh, just like a ship in the night from Passerelle Burnett uh, at this very, very special collaboration between Liqu Liquid Sunshine and Fuzzy Logic. Um, we're almost at the end of the program. We've got a mere seconds left. So, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's absolutely wonderful. No, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful to uh, to talk both about the science, but also about uh, you know personal action that we can take for climate change. And Broderick, thank you so much for co-hosting this program. Thanks for having me, Martin. It's been great. All right, wonderful. Well, this is the end of Fuzzy Logic and Liquid Sunshine. Until next week. <laughs>